walk back. And I took him at face value, you know, and I said, I'm sure that he's going to go back. And he goes, no, he's not. And I just, like, got so um, tormented with, oh, my gosh, you're a failure. How could you do this? You're useless. You're stupid. And um, But I had to tell my boss, and she goes, oh, don't worry about it. He'll end up coming back because he's got a history of taking off, and then he eventually comes back. And, um, and I think all during that week it was like, Oh, you know, it went from you're stupid, you're useless to the point where, um, oh my gosh, he's going to kill somebody. And oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. And oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to end up in prison. So it just went from one thing <laughs> to another thing. And you know how I was just over catastrophizing. And you know what? You know, I, I had to really pray and I had to ask God and I said, God, please help me. And I was praying for him. And just this whole burden just came off, you know, I had to let it go and submit, um, you know, my, my thoughts to the Lord, and uh, yeah, he came back, <laughs> but that was a lesson learned for me, you know what I mean, and um, and that's why, yeah, it's just important that we just continue to grow, and I like Philippians 4.8, it talks about um, finally brothers and sisters, you know, Whatever um, is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, you know, these are excellent, praiseworthy. Think about such things. Meditate upon it. Amen. And uh, I think if you have uh, the right um, thinking, which leads to the right actions, which leads to the right emotions. Amen. So I think that's my encouragement that it's constant. You know, we just got to keep disciplining ourselves and not be a Christian who just sits there, not take responsibility because, you know, we're, God is raising up an army and we are the army. Amen. Great. Pastor Thomas, would you like to add anything to that? Sure. Just a couple of things that come to mind uh, when talking about mindsets um, was the uh, wineskin um, illustration. And um, the wineskin um you know, it's a protective skin that protects the the wine, and the wine gets you know, ferments and it, and, it, and, it, and it matures in there and stuff like that. You know, and that can be that's a good illustration of our mindsets because once that start, that skin starts to form and it starts to it, it gets hard, and you don't want to be locked in there uh, for a season. Um, so I can uh, I can agree with what Sandy was saying. You know, being Christian for twenty years. And you continue to have to renew your mind like a number of times. Uh, being 44, I mean, going through baby boomers, X generation and now Y generation and stuff like that. Um, I remember the words of uh, Thomas Jefferson. He goes, um, every generation needs a revolution. Not necessarily something physical or war or anything like that, but a revolution in their mind or in, or re, uh, uh, what is it? <clears throat> a renewing of the mind. Yeah. So we're always moving forward. Always moving with with um, God's movements and stuff like that. So no, that that analogy of the um, of the of the wine, it's funny because when you start talking to people, you know, um, of all walks of life, they protect that uh, that wine in there, and and they can't you can't really get anything new or fresh in there, and um, and that's why it's important for us to renew our mind constantly. So God is continually refreshing us giving us new revelations that we're always moving with God and what he's doing in the church. So, yeah. That's really good. Pastor Dallas. Hi, everybody. Um, What I would like to add is that um, 
I think renewing your mind is something that you don't just contemplate. Um, renewing your mind is not just something that you think, oh, that, that's a good idea or I really need to get to that. Um, we need to take it by force. We need to do it by force. We need to be actually violent about it and I don't mean violent to others or actually self-harming. I mean more about we need to really get serious about it because it is a key to living the life that God has for us. So the more we procrastinate and the more we just fluff about with it, the, the, we, we actually are the ones that uh, lose. We're the ones that lose. So I think um, for me, I actually had to get quite, um, quite violent and quite aggressive about it because I wanted my life to change. And I think that, you know, the, the fruit is there. There's, you know, you, you need to encourage yourself and you need to be, you need to motivate yourself. You can't rely on anyone else, um, although there's always going to be people around you cheering you on, but you really need to be the one to encourage and to, to strengthen yourself, motivate yourself, encourage yourself and, you know, give yourself a little at the, at the backside. Um, and, and you'll see the fruit. You'll see the fruit, you know, and God's into that. God's like, you know... Let me get, you know, God wants to get on that, that level with you where you're actually honest with him and, and say, look, you know, this is what I really need to do, but are you going to turn up when I do it? And, you know, of course he is, but, you know, and he does. Amen. Thank God for him. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Pastor Dallas, uh, thanks for that. Pastor Sandy just has one more thing to add. So I just forgot to add, um, you know, I do a lot of self-awareness and self-evaluation you know, that's what Pastor Brad was just sharing about. And especially when I feel a bit stuck and, you know, I, you know, especially when there's something that's been troubling me, what I do that's really I've found helpful is just being able to journal, just write down, you know, what is God saying to me? What What is my view? What is God speaking to me about this situation? And then I kind of do a bit of mapping, you know, why am I feeling like this? Where does it come from? And I think that that's also helped me to shift and, and renew my mind. So I think that that's helpful. That's great. I, um, I actually heard, has anyone heard of Pastor Craig Rochelle from America, um, from Life Church? He, he has what a five-year journal. And so he actually has a book that has the same date, but from this year, the next year, the next year, the next year, all on the same page. And so as you go through and as you journal through life, you can look back at the past year, what you were doing on that day a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and you can see what has changed in your life. And so that's a really good thing of being self-aware, looking where was I at a year ago, where was I at you know, two years ago or five years ago. Um, my personal experience with being transformed has been more like renovating a house that you're living in. And so you have to go in and you kind of have to work out what room you're going to work on first because you can't do everything at once. <laughs> So it's got to be one one room here and then you work on that and you take out all the old crap and you go in and you put new new stuff in and then you go to another room and you take out all the old stuff. So you work on it gradually and it's a process. I think if you try and do everything at once, if you try and be completely transformed all in one one go, you'll just be overwhelmed. You'll, you'll burn out. You'll come like, I can't do this. It's just too much. It's too much. So God's very much into taking your time with these things too. Sometimes he, he makes things happen really quickly and other times it's like, you know what? I've got you for the rest of your life. Or <laughs> 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 well, you promised. And I'm just going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and hey, you know, we might put an extension on a bit later, enlarge your capacity there and then we might go back and we might redo this. And so if you kind of look at it in that sense... 
Um, you know, you can work on different areas of your life, different aspects of your life. Um, pa- Pastor Thomas, question number two. What does it look like to listen to the Lord for wisdom? Oh, right. Um, <clears throat> well, we all know the story of uh, Solomon when he, um, when he asked God, I, mean, I think God asked him, uh, what would you want out of everything? And he said, give me wisdom um, of you know, before the treasures and before everything else. But I want to take it a little bit step back a bit <clears throat> because for myself, I think when I, before I got wisdom, I um, came to a place where I was quite broken and um, I, needed, I needed God. And once I started to, re- when I, once I received Jesus Christ um, into my heart, um, I was able to, I guess, humble myself to you know to um, to his truths and uh, and to God and and it was only then that that wisdom was started to release to me and um, once I got a bit of taste of wisdom um, I started getting really hungry for it and um, it was uh, it's like a, I think the Bible talks about this. it's it's uh, it's like it's a um, it's like a, it's, it likens it to a person, uh, a lady or a woman, <clears throat> and um, sometimes fine pearls, and, and she gives uh, good advice and stuff like that. I liken it to a mother figure uh, for myself, and um, she's always giving good advice, and she's always um, giving you um, knowledge, understanding, and stuff like that. So before I started really, t- you know, I, I started, I, I grasped that, that um that wisdom, and then God started to show me that I needed to read His Word, and I needed to really start build a foundation um, in in knowing about God and and His heart. I think the main thing is grabbing His heart, knowing God's heart, and why He's giving you that wisdom, and 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 why He wants to pour into your heart, and and want you to see to prosper and stuff like that. So when I started to capture God's heart, and you know, throughout the Bible, I started to read, you know, how God uh, from the beginning all the way through. And I started to lay a foundation, and I started to hear God's heart, His voice, and just the the rhythm of of uh, of God uh, in His Word. And then that started to open up, you know, the Holy Spirit. And then I I was able to to hear Him in conversation. I was able to hear Him um, in my life and around me and stuff like that. And I was uh, able to gravitate to that and and gather more wisdom and accumulate and. And it starts to um, get get bigger, and, and you get to a point you're able to start making good decisions and stuff like that. Um, but I think what the main thing that really started standing out for me is just the grace of God throughout that and learning, um, uh, falling. You know, because you, you, once you not only you're reading it, you are starting to apply it as well in your life, and your life is changing. And there are moments where you fail and stuff like that. But the grace of God really, um, through that moment, starts to lift you. And starts to um, guide you and, and put you, you know, on your feet again, and he's able to start moving forward and stuff like that. So, um, wisdom is a beautiful thing. It's uh, and so once once I started to once I started to build that layer of foundation, and um, and then I started to get into um, how does God see relationships? How does God see finances? And how, how does God see um, uh, my identity and my worldviews and um, the church and where, this, where the church is at, it started to really uh, open up, um, you know, my eyes to what my, my surroundings and stuff like that. 
and know where I'm at, know who I am, know what decisions to make, where I'm heading to and stuff like that. So wisdom is a beautiful thing. It's from God. Um, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Have, have the grace to, to um, you know, to embrace it, uh, to uh, give yourself the benefit of a doubt. Um, back yourself up. God's backing you up. Um, back yourself up. And um, and and move forward despite um, you know the the disappointments that you may um, may have. So um, yeah, would would you kind of consider wisdom to be looking at life from God's perspective? Absolutely, yep. So there are many times in my life with disappointments and stuff like that that I've had that I've had to go on back and get really healing um, and stuff like that because uh, I find moments in my life where um, I'm not able to break through and. You know, it's it's because I've had a wrong perspective on you know on that particular situation or, or or part of my life, and God's able to take me back and get a second take or second perspective on where He was at at that time, um, where that where that uh, perception was actually formed, and um, He showed me that. I mean, a lot of the times He just showed me where He was in those situations, those times where I was lonely or felt abandoned and stuff like that. Taking a second look, I was able to see where God was at, and um, and just and just uh, and just hearing His heart, and and then allowing Him to go speak to me and go and and speak the truth, whatever situation um, that I may have been in the past, and take that revelation, take that truth with me into the future, into the now, and then apply it, and I'm able to you know break through with that, and um, yeah, it's been great. Um, not only has he given me wisdom, but he's also given us a sword. And, um, and that's what I'm quite excited about lately, um, is using the word of God and, and just really applying it and taking it to the next level because it's going to be a fight. It's not something that you just walk into. Sometimes you have to really, um, it's a battle to get in there and, um, and occupy you know, what God has given you. So it's, it's good. That's good. Pastor Dallas, would you like to add something on top of that? Um, yes, I just want to add a little bit. Um, with my work in mental health and um, in child protection, um, I've found God's wisdom just to be the breath of life um, because, you know, I'm in many situations where I don't know what to say um, or I don't know the answer or maybe I'm completely shocked or even... Um, you know, in, in just in my humanity and, um, you know, when I call on God for his wisdom in the situation or what words to use, you know, if there's, you know, violence or um, or if I need to get some things happening, you know, what, what Lord, what words would you use, you know, can, you know, I need wisdom from heaven to be able to get things happening for this family, child, person um, and it's just been, it's been a lifesaver and, and, and you know, God is, is glorified because people were like, oh wow, how did you do that or, you know, how did, you know, no one else has been able to turn that family around or that situation around and it's like, you know, it's, it's all God, it's all God, it is not me at all, he makes me look good but <laughs> yeah, so his wisdom is amazing. So you can call on his wisdom at any time, you know, in any circumstance. We don't have to be religious about it. He's there walking with us every every moment. So, thanks. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so good to hear how the practical application of asking God for wisdom and then in that situation, in that circumstance, you know, his wisdom comes forth and allows you to do something that's not natural, that's supernatural. 
Pastor Sandy. Um, what comes to mind is that scripture, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I guess when I hear the fear of the Lord, you know, what does that mean? Is it being fearful of God? But um, I've been reading just Proverbs lately, and uh, and I guess the fear of the Lord is just submitting all your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions, and submitting it all unto God, you know, that God has the authority, that God has the say. And so it's just important as us um, that we just kind of meditate on the Proverbs and not only meditate upon it, but just being able to apply it into our lives and, um, and just, yeah, because the Proverbs, it's... Um, it contains all about how to live life well in God. And, um, you know, uh, goes back to your family, you know, and also finances and all that. You know, just getting wisdom is so important. Yeah, so it's an ongoing process. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think something else as well, when, you, when you're getting wisdom from the Lord, it really pays to also get wisdom from people around you. You know, I would not be who I am or where I am in life if not for pastor brad you know inputting wisdom into my life you know he became my mentor and over a number of years like we just worked through so much stuff and whenever i got stuck you know i'd I'd pray about things and i'd go to pastor brad and say you know this is you know something that i'm trying to work on that i'm trying to figure out and he would just come out with the most incredible like insight and you just sometimes you'd be completely blindsided by like the the, the honesty and the truth that would just come out. Sometimes it was painful, which is something that you've got to get used to when you're in a, a mentorship. Um, <laughs> there are times, you know, when you just have to man up and, uh, and accept it. But I think putting, making sure you put the right people around you. So here we have a, a wealth of people. We have Mama Barb. You know, we've got all of our pastors here. We've got all, you know, our team leaders. These people are in positions for reasons and for purposes. And it's good to, you know, there's, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. So it's good to get a lot of different people whose opinion is validated by spiritual authority. That's, that's something that's really important. It's not good to go around and talk to all your friends. It's good to go around and talk to all your leaders to get wisdom. All right, question number three is for Pastor Dallas. What daily practices can we commit to increase our faith levels? This is a tough one. Let me just refer to my notes. <laughs> um, yeah, when I was praying about this, I, you know, I thought I could just say a gazillion things and it was really, you know, okay, Lord, what's, what's going to hit the mark today? And, you know, I, I believe that, you know, our testimonies are so important and I'm not going to rattle on and on about myself because then that's being a narcissist. But... Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, that revelation of God's love for me, and when I heard that scripture for the first time, no no eye has seen nor ear heard what God has for you. That he's planned you, he's planned you, he purposed you, he created you, and if he has done that, then I need to believe him. And when I believe him and I, I learn more about him and read more about him in the word, then it, it stirs up that faith within and it's like, Lord, I, I want what you have for me. So then every, it's like it gains momentum and then every opportunity is another opportunity to push through in your faith because God is there for you. And even if you, you know, you kind of get a bit off track, a bit of a narcissist or, you know, you running behind, the Lord will always kind of bring you back up to speed. Um, so I think, you know, if we're looking at points, 
to be authentically you, who you, who God created you to be. Um, he uniquely created you, and I mean uniquely. When you look at, you know, your looks externally, but then also internally, your personality, how you perceive things, how you speak, how you think, how you do things. Um, and he uniquely created you. So just as um, he, he uniquely um, created you, he has that unique purpose for you and that plan. So there's yes, there's a big purpose, but there's step by step, um, you know, working to that plan. And each step is unique. So um, the other thing is, the other point is um, use what God's given you. So use the tools he's given you. He's given you time. He's given you resources. He's given you people around you. He's given, you know, he gives you opportunities. He's given you gifts and anointings. There's so many things he's given you. And he actually gave me the word when I was praying about it. He said, the, the tools I give you are handmade. God has handmade the tools, you know, and I think about my grandfather, he had these handmade tools that he made, you know, the metal bit and the wooden bits and I don't know the names of the tools but, you know, I used to look at the, all the different chisels and things like that and saws and, you know, a lot of them he handmade himself and you go back in the generations way, way, way back, I mean, they were really and truly handmade. So you think about your life, God has given you, he has actually handmade himself in heaven tools for you, for your purpose, to walk your purpose out. That's cool. So let's not be religious and pack them away and put them in a box and go, oh, you know, the Lord says, and, you know, and have all this pride about it. God wants you to put your boots on and get into action. You know, put your high-vis jacket on and get to it. So, you know, um, for me, um, the way God speaks to me and, and has in my life, um, I got saved when I was 30, so I had um, 30 years of, of pain and suffering. <laughs> Um, but see, I, the problem, well, maybe not the problem, <laughs> some people say the problem is, but I'm a kinesthetic learner. So I, I, I guess, you know, most of you have heard there's different types of learners. There's the audio learner, so you learn mostly by hearing and, and following instructions. There's the visual learner, so, you know, reading and reading instructions and following instructions and policies and procedures and um, my boss loves those people. Um, and then there's the kinesthetic learners like me. Um, it's all about doing things, doing things and that's how I learn. So God gave me 30 years of doing things until he kind of sat down with me on the staircase of the church I got saved and said, so what you want to do now (laughs) um it's like well um yeah I haven't done a very good job so um for me um being that kinesthetic learner then God then showed me the all the different you know tracked me back and said okay so these are the points that I want to make that I learnt that helped me before that revelation I guess at the same time that revelation of love came I knew all about distraction so distraction of, you know, people being mean, situations not working out, there's always things happening around you and me in the flesh, I'd go straight in my flesh and I'd fight these things either verbally or physically or, or, or do it to myself, you know, um, hurt myself in many different ways. Um, distraction. But God then taught me, you know, my way is that um, the fight's not flesh and blood, the fights, powers and principalities. So when you get distracted, it's distraction. Your eyes are on the situation and there's no win. There's just a big L for lose for you. So the, the Lord showed me that um, 
to put my eyes on the powers and principalities in the situation and to learn about that and I have and now when situations come up um, the majority of the time I'm okay Lord what's happening um, sometimes I get sucked into the the flesh um, my boss she's good at doing that hooking me in but anyway <laughs> we need a more private bathroom <laughs> Um, the other one is disappointment. So, um, you know, there's a lot of doors, right? We talk spiritually, we talk about doors, we talk about open doors, we talk about closed doors. And, you know, I'd try and open doors myself and it took a lot of pain and effort to do that and then I'd finally crash the door down and then there'd be nothing there and everyone had moved out. <laughs> you know, the Lord's like, I will be the one to open doors and close doors. And then there's situations where I'd be completely doing something... Um, whether it's in a workplace or even, you know, a friendship or, or whatnot in the past. And then the door would close, you know, the job would finish or the funding would end or the friend would move away or something would happen or, the just, you know, the numbers disconnected and you're like, Lord, what's, what's going on? Um, I used to get a lot of disappointment and blame myself, again, a distraction. But the Lord's like, I'm the one who opens doors, I'm the one who closes doors. So when doors close now, and sometimes they close quite abruptly, sometimes they slam, sometimes they sneakily close and you don't notice it, um, and sometimes they make a big noise and they frighten you. But at the end of the day, when we have our eyes on God and our faith in him, okay, Lord, you've closed this door, I can't wait for the next thing, so bring it on. Um, the other one is comparison. This is my last point. Um, and Apostle Julie has a great message on comparison. But com- comparison is something that can steal your faith away because you're too busy focusing on what someone else is doing, how they're speaking, how they're you know, doing their musical instruments, how they're praying, how they're working, how their relationship looks like. And all that comparison will steal away your faith and steal away opportunities because you're too busy trying to be something that you're not. And then you become very, very weary, yeah? And then again, that cycle, distraction, disappointment, disillusionment, weariness and whatnot. So I think it's really important to be authentically you, who God created you to be. Use those handmade tools he's given you. And, and, you know, and when you're walking with the Lord, he will say, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to step out in faith. So go for it because you know, he's for you. He's not against you. He is in you as greater than he is in the world. So if it doesn't work out, it's not of God. And amen, thank God that he won't let us go through that door. So... That's my, that's my point. Thank you very much. That's really good. Thank you, Pastor Alice. Pastor Thomas, what, what would you add to that? What's something that you can do daily, a practice you can do daily to increase your faith? Um, well, I mean, what comes to mind is um, faith is given, on a daily, I believe, on a daily basis. And because our visions are, are quite, the, you know, uh, can be out of this world and stuff like that you know sometimes we can get caught in trying to stretch that faith all the way out there but um, when you have that small faith and you apply it on a daily basis you find that you're finding you're you're starting to build momentum and all those little steps um, just get you closer and closer to where you need to be and you find that doors will start to open um, and then momentum starts to build um, Faith starts to also build as well, and um, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, and you you're in God's timing and and, and so forth. Um, I also want 
Faith is unique as well. I also wanted to add to what Pastor um, Dallas was saying. It's unique to your giftings. It's unique to your calling. It's unique to who God created you to be. Um, so don't compare yourself to the other person or your brother and sister and stuff like that and go, oh, he's traveling down that way. And probably that's where I need to be going as well. Get the basic foundations um, planted in, in, you know, first. Be at church, um, you know, Get, get mentored and get counselors around you and stuff like that. And then allow that to um, start to guide you and, and be true to yourself and be true to God. And then he'll start to start to guide you and, and you'll start to start to know where you need to go and, and, um, and be the person that God has called you to be. That's great. Pastor Sandy? Um, I don't really have anything to add. No, that's great. Yeah, that's I think um, these guys have kind of just touched on it. Um, I guess, yeah, what, what God's been, spoken to, uh, been speaking to me is about just having to walk by faith, you know, um, and not by my feelings or not by sight, whatever's going on at work or whatever's happening in my life, just knowing that God is in control. Um, and yet, you know, we're bombarded with, uh, with challenges of life and bombarded with you know, decisions that we have to make. But I think, you know, it's just so important that we have just that encounter. We've got that connection with God, knowing that he's always there and we can make those decisions, the right decisions. Or, you know, so our walk really, it is exciting, you know. Um, Our Christian walk is exciting because we walk by faith. And that's what it is. That's how it is. you wouldn't be where you are now if you hadn't walked by faith. We can't see God, but he is there. Amen. So um, that, that's the exciting thing about being a Christian. Um, but we go through different seasons in life. You know, there are seasons where I'm just meditating, worshipping God. Then there are seasons where I'm just in the word. There are seasons where I'm just encouraging people. You know what I mean? And so your, your faith is just growing. You, but you've got to... Grow your faith. Nobody else can do it for you. That's really good. Um, I like that video that you posted yesterday of Pastor Stephen Furtick, and he was talking about, you know, the opposite of faith isn't doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. And so when you can see something, you no longer rely on God because you can, oh, I've got this or I don't have this. God doesn't come into it. So if you can see, oh, you know, it's possible for that to happen, then that, you know, where's God in that? Where's, God's not at the head of that. He's not at the throne of that. So we have to be, like, I don't care what I can see because we don't walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, you know. So, and, and the Bible says that um, eye has not seen and ear hasn't heard what God's about to do for us, what God can do for us. So we can't be restricted to what we see, what we can figure out. And I think that's, for me, that's been my walk of faith is because I'm a logical person. And that's like the hardest thing to step out of that logic into what feels like you're being an airy fairy dreamhead, you know. Like you just because sometimes you know, um, I, I found that one of the biggest keys for my faith to grow was to exercise my imagination. You know, we're the only creature on the planet that has an imagination. The only thing that God created, and we have this ability to imagine the negative, and we call that worry. We call that fear despair or we have the ability to imagine what good things God can do and we call that faith and we call that vision and we call that prophecy so 
you know, I would say probably a daily practice. Imagine what good thing can God do? What's God called you to do and how do you imagine that he's going to take you into it? Who's enjoying this so far? Yeah? Some people are. That's great. Anyone asleep yet? No? No, that's good. That's good. Yeah, who's on Facebook? Have we got that mobile phone jammer working? No? <laughs> okay, question number four is actually for myself. What can we put into place practically to make sure our thoughts are aligned with the truth of God's Word? That's a difficult one. So I was thinking about this, and God, God gave me two words, diet and exercise. And I was like, what? You know I don't do those things. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I haven't. I haven't been required to. I'm pretty sure it's right around the corner. Um, but diet and exercise. So in the same way that a a physically fit person needs to monitor what they put into their body in order to achieve the results that they desire, we have to ensure that what we feed our mind is healthy. So you can't be feeding your mind negativity. You can't be on Facebook and then go out and prophesy because Facebook is so filled with... Has anyone seen the, you know, the fallout from the American election on Facebook? Now imagine going out of that and then going out, okay, you know, I'm just I'm so pumped up right now. America's in such a good place. And, you know, it doesn't work because you've just been inputting all of this stuff into your mind. What you need to be inputting into your mind is healthy things. And what can anyone tell me what the healthiest thing in the world is? The Word of God. That's right. Jesus said that uh, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so we, you know, we have to think: what's a balanced meal? What does it contain? A balanced portions of protein, of carbs, saturated fats, etc. So our minds need to be consumed by God's Word. You know, they need to. We also need things like encouragement from our spiritual family and we also need companionship from our partners in life. You know, there's a, you can't go through life alone. You can't go through life without a spiritual family and you can't go through life without God's Word. If you have those three things, that's a good balanced diet that helps you to keep a healthy thought life. You know, we don't want to feed our minds junk food. We don't want to feed them gossip or slander or cynicism or sarcasm you know we want to make sure it's healthy and i think you know in the same way that a healthy person uses exercise to achieve a a desired level of fitness we need to put certain disciplines into place in our life you know like a healthy person will say you know i'm going to get up at five in the morning and go for a run you look at apostle greg you know how fit is he for his age that's amazing because he has a discipline of exercise in his life So we need to put disciplines into place that ensure that we can align our minds and our thought processes to God's Word. And the funny thing is here that God's Word is often back to front. We think that to be at the top, you've got to be at the top. But God said, you know, whoever's the least will be the greatest in heaven. You know, he said that um, the first will be last. He said to love people that hate you. I mean, that doesn't make sense. So that's an exercise because it doesn't come naturally. And he also said to go the extra mile when someone compels you to go the first mile. And so I think exercising those things. Um, you know, if we, if we start justifying our thoughts and our decisions with logic, 
we can use that as a warning light to say, hang on a second, this isn't really lining up with God's word because God's word isn't logical, it's just truth. And, um, and this world is an upside-down world. And um, I think another way to exercise that out is to evaluate the way that you think about something. So if you've ever had a, a thought, and um, I think Chris touched on this in your offering message, oh, I'll never be able to afford a car like that. What's the foundation of that thought? You know what I mean? Like you have to take a thought like that, captive, as the word of God says, captive, and think, why would I think that way? What, what supportive beliefs do I put around that statement that, it, that causes it to impact my life in such a manner? And what we need to do is then take a statement out of God's word, create something that's relevant to us from it, you know. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I can own all cars, <laughs> you know, and put, put the word into place, put the word into place around your life because then that is supported by f- truth, not just worldly fact. And so by evaluating it, we bring, we bring to light the thought processes that are not aligned to God's Word, and then we can implement those supportive beliefs underneath those, um, you know, those mindsets that we have and, and, I guess, replace them with God's higher way of thinking. Would you have anything to add? Awesome, that's good. Um, I think I've touched on what I just shared before about renewing of the mind, but, you know, that scripture, as a person thinks, so is he. And I think it's so important that, you know, uh, before I came to the Lord, I just, you know, I had these wrong belief thought processes, you know, that came from my childhood. And, you know, and it has been a constant discipline to be able to, take those thoughts captive and I I just want to also talk about you know this is an amazing church with a different mantle you know people come here broken they become victorious later you know what I mean I sit there in the in the chair and I'm hearing the message coming through I get really convicted sometimes I get offended but you know I I could give it to the Lord and uh and you know because the the, we pray for you we pray for you (laughs) Because the preaching is, you know, you hear the word and, and sometimes I go home and I just um, just play that message again and again. We've got amazing leaders that just really encourage you, they love you and then they challenge you, you know what I mean? And, and you know, that's what I love about Forever House is that you, there's no way that you can just sit there and not change and not be renewed by, you know, by the message, by the people around you because it's such a prophetic church they can see right through you. You can't hide anything. That's right. You'll, 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 you'll change whether you like it or not. Yeah, I've yeah. come a long way. Hey, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Just but, smile and nod. <laughs> so, yeah, as, um, as you think, as who you are. And uh, we're, we're in the right place. We're in the right soil. And, um, yeah, I remember I was going to a mega church and I'd just sit there at the back and just enjoy the message, go home, do whatever I wanted to do. But um, over here is totally different. Pastor Thomas. Sorry, Pastor, what was the question again? <laughs> so many good points. And I was like, What can we put into place practically to make sure that our thoughts are aligned with the w- truth of God's word? Um. Oh, that's a, that was pretty good. Um, I think uh, daily application, um, but I think the main one for me would be uh, keeping track of your self-monologue. Does that make sense? Your self-talk? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. And um, you find that um, I used to keep track because 
keep track of it because if I'm thinking of something that's really not of God for like an, more than half a day, it's, it's half a day wasted, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you don't want to be stuck there. So now, I mean, sometimes early in my life, um, you know, you could be stuck there for like a week or so, eh? And you get camped there and you can live there and you just, yeah. That, um, but I think now that, um, now that I'm aware that I need to keep the, you know, uh, my thoughts um, in check, you know, um, 15 minutes is sufficient time and, um, to, to move along and, um, and keep going. If you need to come back there and stuff like that, if you're finding that you're coming back to those, those thoughts or those, that, those strongholds, then possibly you're going to need to declare war on that thing and um, pray fast if need be. Get into your word. Um, talk to your mentor. Um, you know, get around some counsel and um, and start to really break that thing down and then move along and stuff like that. But um, yeah, daily uh, checking yourself, checking your 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 self monologue on a on a hourly basis, fifteen hourly, fifteen minute to an hour basis. That's really good. Pastor Dallas. Um, okay, so I had two thoughts and then they melded into one and then I lost it. <laughs> Everyone okay. just look under your chair. Okay, okay. Have you seen any thoughts? <laughs> and they ran away out the back door. No. Um, one of them is um, declarations, is declaring the word of God, like who God created you to be. And even if it's that the fact that he actually did create you. Um, there's so many scriptures about who, you know, your identity and who you are. And if you just say it like it's nothing, then I would hesitate to say it, well, not hesitate to say that you're not connected to it. Or if you can't say it, feel a bit funny about saying it, you need to be able, if you are able to stand strong and bold and declare it and know it and feel that confidence and that strength and that boldness, you've got the revelation. So I'd just be declaring and that's I went through a number of seasons where I was just declaring every day a number of scriptures over my life and just continuing to declare. And then I actually got in, in um, you know, different points of those seasons where nothing was shifting. So I'd get on my knees and I'd say to God, I'm not getting up until you give me the revelation. I'm not getting up until you give me the key. I'm not getting, I'm not going to stop until you shift this. And sometimes it might have been five minutes, sometimes it might have been 60 minutes, sometimes it might have been two hours. But it's all about how much do you want it. Because people are happy just to say this and that and this and that and this and that. But at the end of the day, there, there is a war, a private war. And if you're not in a war, then what are you doing? Are you in a circus? And that might be, that might be strong. I mean, that's how I talk to myself. You know, are you in a war? Are you in a circus? So when I make those declarations and um, I think the other thing is is that at different times where, you know, you may feel your emotions kind of go through the day, then I'll find a time, put a time aside with God as soon as I can to kind of say, hey, Lord, what's going on there? And he might say, well, you know, when your boss said da-da-da, that declaration went into your spirit. So now you've got to, you know, cut that thing off and, and start declaring about who I say you are. So there's things that happen all day, every day. It could be a look from somebody. It could be, I don't know, just a random thought. Um, but we need to be in charge of what's going on up here. That's really good. Yeah, thanks. All right. That was really good, actually. <laughs> yeah, that deserves a clap.
<laughs> right, our next question, and we'll just, I think we'll have to speed this up a little bit because I can smell garlic bread, and I don't know about you, but I can't last much longer. So, <laughs> ask the question. Okay, Pastor Sandy, what is important to have trusted advisors and mentors in your life? Um, <laughs> can you say that again? I'll repeat that question. <laughs> Why is it important to have trusted advisors and mentors in your life? Um, there's no lone rangers anymore. There's, you know, you can't succeed in life on your own. I believe that it's important that we need each other. We need people to encourage you know, us. And I believe that as a mentor, trusted advisor, their role is to um, challenge, encourage, support, motivate, but also to, to actually help us to develop and grow, develop and grow so that we can do the same to others so we can reproduce Amen. So uh, I think that's important that we have mentors or trusted advisors, not just one, but many, I mean, you know, just depending on, on your uh, business, profession, career, ministry. Um, uh, I, at work, I have a supervisor who keeps me in check with my practice, with my professional development. I have... Um, Mum above, um, and you know she can see right through me. She always checks in on me and see what's happening. Um, and then I have Pastor Brad and Sarah, and you know I love them because you know I can actually just be real with them. I can share to them my views and opinions, even though it's not aligned to his. <laughs> but you know, and I get it afterwards. You know, after and um, and so I just love it because they listen. They listen, they, you know, give me their views and, and their perspective, and that's what's important about um, mentors. And also I have um, Apostle Julie, and she challenged me recently and said, because I was going through some stuff, and she just said to me, if God doesn't give you what you want, will you still love him? Will you still serve him? And I just had to process that a bit, you know. And, um, and so it's important. I've got Thomas here who... Um, I can bounce ideas off and, you know, he speaks into my life I've, and it's vice versa. And um, sometimes I just want him to listen, not fix things. I just want him to listen. <laughs> but, you know, so he says, well, hey, don't talk to me if, if I can't fix it. But, you know, um, but it's just important. That, and I have good close friends, you know. Um, that can just share into my life as well. But I just want to just share, there was a time when we were running, I was running youth, and um, we had so many youth come through, and, um, you know, I, I remember one time, I was, I was that Christian, that forceful Christian, say, when I went around picking up the youth, a few of them said, oh, no, oh, I can't make it, oh, I've got things to do. I said, get in the car, get in the car now. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> um, but, you know, I've, as years gone by, I've had those, you know, young people contact me and they say, hey, thank you for imparting into my life. And, you know, some of them are still walking in God, you know. They're still loving God, still serving in leadership and ministry, doing well in life. So it's just important that we have these people into our lives that we, so that we can succeed. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, multiple counselors. Yeah, no, I think that really important is just getting really church based, uh, church planted, and stuff like that is really key. Uh, I believe um, getting uh, discipled, um, you know, getting a, getting the identity that God has uh, called you to be and who to be, 
Um, it's really important uh, when you walk out those doors and you face the world and, um, and, you, and, you, and you take on your sphere of, of influence and stuff like that. You know, you're able to take that God factor with you and build, you know, and, um, and, and, and just take over that, that sphere because that's what we're called to be. We're not just called to be here. Um, and we're called to, to, you know, get discipled and, and go out there and disciple a nation and stuff. So, you know, that's really important. Um, also, um, you're not only in getting mentors on a, um, a spiritual um, aspect as, as well. I mean, you know, it's really good, you know, having key pastors and, 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 you know, having peers and stuff like that in church. It's also good to, in those spheres of influence, uh, that we, we also... Um, got mentors in those spheres as well, and uh, because you're taking that that church base or that that kingdom that kingdom base belief with you, you are able to build the kingdom of God in those mountains of of influence um, out there and, and occupy um, and um, you know and and bring that bring heaven to earth. Uh, so That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, just one point. Um, I think mentors are amazing and um, the reason why. Um, because my and – and I guess you don't know what you don't know, right? You know, I had 30 years of doing things my own way and then you don't know what you don't know. So you just learn – who do you learn off? Oh, well, your parents, your caregivers, the people around you, the school – if you finished grade 12, I didn't. Um, but, you know, it, that's the influence, right? So your mentors are the ones who who you can look up to them and say, okay, so you clearly have fruit in your life. You, you've won some battles. You've beheaded some giants. You're able to... And then you've got the practical things. You're able to speak succinctly, respect people, love people, be reliable and all of those kind of things. So you've got the spiritual and you've got the practical. And I think for me, I didn't know any of those things until I was actually taught and I needed the way you know being that kinesthetic learner I needed my mentors to come around and say okay so what you need to do is this this and this and you need to stop this this and this and I'm like Roger got that and I think if you have a good attitude like that that's where growth comes from I think if you want to analyze and argue and and listen half listen I I don't think you're going to get it I think you need to be all in it and trust and if you and if something is said or, or done that you don't like you know speak to that person about it so you can understand fully um or even you know their mentor if you can't speak to them um but never just kind of go oh you know it's a whole lot of rubbish and I'm just you know they don't know what they're talking about um so yeah mentors actually taught me how to do things so I don't know how you could actually live without that I mean you gotta yeah you gotta be able to put two and two together instead of just yeah that's from the kinesthetic learner so that's really good I think my thought on top of that was um accountability now everyone thinks accountability is a bit of a dirty word or a bit of a harsh word um but I'd, I'd like to kind of challenge that that thinking and say, you know, accountability is more like the navigational panel on an aeroplane or a ship. And so it's like the co-pilot bringing to your attention your direction, your bearings, where you're headed. And so having accountability doesn't mean that, you know, if I'm accountable to Pastor Brad, he's not going to come in and, like, beat me, you know, if we go over time today, So, which is really good. But if we do go over time... <laughs> He'll come in and he'll he'll say, okay, so what do you think you could adjust that would mean that you would not end in that same destination again? 
And so it's, it's about your bearings and your direction. So it's good to find someone who you can talk to and say, am I heading in the right direction? You've got a, a third-person perspective. What do you think? Where am I headed? How am I going? I say, okay, you're going too slow, you're going too fast, you're heading towards the rocks, or you're, you're sailing well. You know, and I think that's really important. All right. <laughs> Pastor Thomas, what is some advice that you could give us on how to make prayer a consistent part of your daily life? Um, I think uh, for myself um, is, for instance, for example, my wife and I, uh, we, we pray differently. Sandy likes to have a uh, set time in the day to pray, and I just like to pray when I feel like praying. And um, sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad, but um, I think a combination of the two um, uh, really helps. Um, so I've got to a place where, and it hasn't, and it hasn't, it hasn't been easy, where I've actually, I've, I, I'm quite confident where God is leading me and, and the purpose that God's given me. So now that I'm, I'm in that zone, I'm, I'm constantly praying. So, um, you know, life is... Is is where I need to be, and and I think um, the word that comes to the, the I guess the scripture comes is the, is the Jeremiah goes, um, I'll give you a purpose and a plan um, and a blessing for your life, so forth, so forth. Um, so, but it, I didn't just get to that purpose. I needed to be in church. I needed to get the mentors. I, I needed to adapt, uh, apply the faith. I needed to get the word and all of those key ingredients to get to a place where now that I am able to. I know in the right place, position myself, um, and the prayer is, is coming, um, you know, um, more more easily and more frequently, and um, and my surroundings is um, is speaking to me, and I'm speaking to God, and um, it's a good place to be, you know. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's very uh, it can be difficult to explain, but I think when you're, I think if you apply these these small these ingredients and stuff like that, yeah. Um, you know where well, what I'm talking about, um, but um, I think the key, or well, I think the three main things are uh, the Word of God. Uh, make sure you got a good foundation in the Word of God. Um, get um, speaking in tongues is really, uh, really key and really igniting uh, your prayer life. And um, if you haven't got that, uh, you know, there's courses and stuff like that in church. Find somebody, ask your mentor and stuff like that to get that activated and then start walking it out. Start walking out that prayer. Start applying the word of God in your life and you'll find that that prayer and that, that declaration, that praying and, and, and your walk is going to align up with God's, uh, where God is leading you. You'll find yourself in purpose. You'll find yourself that the world is opening around you. Uh, you're getting that vision and um, it's just coming naturally. You're talking to God. You're 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 driving whatever that you may be at. Um, you know, it's it's a continue. You know, you and God, and it's um it's good. It's a powerful place to be. So yeah, that's really good. I'd I'd heard a fact somewhere that um we spend about two hours a day monologuing to ourselves, and I think when the Bible says pray without ceasing, it's telling us stop monologuing and dialogue with God. You know, it's just a conversation. Just talk to him. Just talk to him wherever, whenever. Um, sometimes it's good to set time aside. and Sometimes it's good just to, where am I right now? Okay, God. And connect straight away. Um, can you just read the question again, please? 
Sure. The question was, uh, what is some advice you could give us on how to make prayer a consistent part of our daily life? You'll be good at this. Um, For me, one of the scriptures, I guess, that comes back to fearing the Lord is um, that scripture that talks about, um, you know, you you prophesied in my name, you cast out demons in my name, um, but I never knew you. And that, um, the first time I heard that scripture just, you know, instilled this fear in me that I just never wanted to use the name of Jesus, like just, you know, Jesus, Jesus. Um, and so when I pray, I, you know, I'm praying to to Jesus, I'm praying to the Lord, you know, and when I'm praying for people, I'm asking the Lord for them, you know, specifically rather than just you know I guess declaring my own thing and and using the name um his name so for me um the other thing was um you know when you're driven by that that passion of you know you've had a revelation of all the things that you haven't achieved or you haven't had because um you know, you weren't saved or you weren't activated in a particular area, when you have that passion that you want things, you want what the Lord has for yourself, for your family and for others, that passion drives you to pray because you see things that aren't aligned to God and are you going to ignore it? You're going to walk past, you know, you need Jesus. But, you know, oh, are you going to pray about it? You know, are you, you know, you're going to get annoyed, you know, might have tension. Like, for example, I've got a 15, almost 16-year-old, and sometimes there's tension. I was like, am I going to be that cranky mother or am I going to be that intercessor and say, Jesus, please help. Um, yeah, so for me, it's like, if it doesn't look like it's God, bring God in it. That's really good. Pastor Sandy, do you want to add something? Yeah, um, I guess uh, Thomas was saying that I, I'm quite structured, so I have a set time that it's just me and God. And uh, But I know that God's been, um, you know, I've been well, challenging me to speak to him, to encounter him during the day. And whatever that I'm doing, I just stop and I acknowledge God and I talk to him about stuff and that. So it's good to have that balance. Um, and, you know, there's times where, you know, I've, I've had that amazing moment I can feel the tangible presence of God. And then there are times when I'm praying, I can't, you know, I'm going through a dry season. But despite it, you know, you just still got to pray. You still got to walk by faith. You still got to say, oh, God, where are you? I don't feel you. But it's not about that feeling. So when you're in that dry season, just continue, just continue to pray, continue to press into God. And because, you know, he He is there. He, When you've got that, that belief that God is always there with you, despite the challenges or whatever, the busyness of life, he is there. That's really good. Um, yeah, my thought on that was uh, establishing the value of prayer. So how much does prayer mean to you? And if so, where do you prioritise it? And I think if you establish the value, I think you touched on that, Pastor Dallas, it's important. It's really important. And so you have, to, you have to, for yourself, work out how important to you is it for you to actually be able to put it in place and sustain that in the long term. Because you can put a, a plan and say, yeah, I'm going to pray every day at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to get up. And then if it's not important to you, you'll burn out. You know? A week later, two weeks later, you're like, oh, you know, 
actually, I need breakfast at five now that I'm getting up that early. So you have to establish that value and through that value, prioritize it. I've got a, Pastor Dallas's last question is, the Bible talks about the Sabbath being a day of rest. Why is it important for us to take time out to rest? Um, I had a bit of a chuckle when I got this question and um, discussed it with my husband. (laughs) Um, You know, rest is something I don't find easy to do. I don't find it natural to do. I'm a go, go, go or I'm a completely stop and zone out, which is not resting. It's just being lazy, I guess. Um, But the Lord, um, you know, we're always um, talking together about rest and the Sabbath. Um, The Sabbath, you know, interesting um, when I was looking up the commandments because um, remembering the Sabbath is a commandment and that's number four out of ten. I thought, isn't that interesting because killing people is actually, you know, further down the line in the ten than remembering the Sabbath. And I was like, Lord, so rest, the Sabbath is important, guys. (laughs) Um, New conviction. Um, So... (laughs) you know that that you know that the Lord set that apart as His holy day, and um, you know when you read through Genesis, and you know He took that seventh day um, as the Sabbath to rest. But He actually looked at what He had done. He did what He said He would do. He stopped. He looked at it, and He said He thought it was very good, and then He made the Sabbath. And I think that just that process of what He did is something we can really get out of it. Um, you know working hard, doing what we set out to do, being intentional, but then sitting back, looking back on what we've done, going, yep, I'm proud of that. It's good. I've done a good job. I've put a good effort in and then resting. And um, then there's the rest side of things, which I see as a different thing to the Sabbath, Um, you know, resting that we need, you know, we need God. And one of my favourite Psalms, well, they're all my favourite, but is Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. And it's so important, if we don't rest, we get weary. If we don't rest, we lose our revelation of why we're actually doing what we're doing. We get tired, we get grumpy. Um, well, I don't get grumpy, but... No, <laughs> no we do, you know, I, I get tired and grumpy. I guess we all get tired and grumpy. Um, but the, the thing is, is if we want to live God's purpose, we need to be connected to God. So if we're not resting and rejuvenating and getting that download from God of actually, how did we do, Lord? Did, were we on task or were we just cranky with an attitude all week? And, you know, if you ask God, he'll tell you the answer, <laughs> um, which sometimes may be a bit hard to hear. But the thing is, we need to be in alignment with God. So um, I guess I see that as a two-part thing. But, you know, to me, resting is important in the Lord, even if you're talking about 10 minutes here and, you know, because we are, we are busy and there's always distraction. But we need to set that time aside and um, so God can actually fill you up because you can only give what you've got. So if you're tired and cranky and, and you've got nothing left and, um, you know, for example, and I'm, I'm bearing all here, um, you know, God's given me a heart for people and certainly when I'm in the spirit, my heart just busts and I'll do anything for anyone almost, guided by Holy Spirit. But when I'm tired, 
I don't want to be around people. When I'm in the flesh, I don't want to be around people. When I'm in the flesh, I don't have very good conversations. And, you know, and, and that's the fact that, you know, when you're dry and thirsty, you need to cry out to God, you know, because God is your strength and your, pa- and, you know, and your power. And without him, you're just like a gonging bell. <laughs> yeah, so that's my take. That's great. Just for the sake of time, we might just move to the last, the last question for the morning um, because that, I'm really hungry. Anyone else hungry? <laughs> okay, so the very last question, everyone can cheer. How does the Spirit strengthen us and what is our role in the process? Um, I, you know, I think there's several ways that we find strength in God. And the Bible says that in His presence there's fullness of joy and that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I think that's very important to be spending time in His presence Um, Hebrews 13 also says that it's good for our heart to be established and strengthened by His grace. And that's something I've never really considered before, that the grace of God is actually strengthens our heart. Um, And the Word also says, you know, that um, in our weakness, His strength is made perfect. So, you know, the Holy Spirit strengthens us when we spend time with Him, when we recognize that it's not by how much we can do, our own strength, our own power but by His Spirit. That means that our part is to, one, to set, a, set time aside and spend time in His presence. And I think also to um, acknowledge that one of the biggest keys for being strong in Him is to surrender. You know, I think when we, when we try to function our, in our own strength, we falter. I know I have in the past. You know, I've got this, I've got this. No, I don't. I don't, <laughs> you know, and you always come back to God. And I think that, you know, our, our surrender provides that space for God to move, for God to strengthen us. So that, yeah, I'd probably say those, those two things, time in His presence and surrender to Him. We'll leave it at that. All right. Wow, thank you very much, guys. Who loves having wise people in the house? Isn't it good?